With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. The Golden State Warriors with another dominant win over LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I believe this series is over. I think there's no way the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to come back and win four out of five games. Now, you can say... If you're a diehard Cleveland fan or you're Adam Silver or you're ESPN, ABC, desperate to make this series seem like it's going to be really entertaining. Well, what about last year when the Cavs came back from a 3-1 series deficit? This ain't last year. I know last year the Warriors won big in game one and game two, but they did not have Kevin Durant running roughshod over everybody in front of him. They did not have Steph Curry 100% healthy putting LeBron James on a spin cycle. This seems very personal for both of those guys. Kevin Durant wanting to get his first championship and Steph Curry wanting to reclaim the mantle of one of the NBA's favored sons. I jotted down several notes that I thought stood out from this game. I want you guys to hear those uh, and think about them as we move through this first segment and this first hour. First question that I had as this series progresses. Are we going to look back and say, this is when the NBA became Kevin Durant's league? You might think that's crazy because LeBron James had a triple-double, and yes, LeBron James was very good on the court in this game. But Kevin Durant's 28 and LeBron James is 32. That's four years of difference. Next year, Kevin Durant going to be 29. LeBron James is going to be 33. I believe we've reached the pinnacle of LeBron James's ability as a basketball player. I'm not sure we've yet reached the pinnacle of Kevin Durant's ability as a basketball player. So I think it is possible that this series, in retrospect, will represent the passing of the proverbial torch in the NBA from one player to another. This is now potentially going to become Kevin Durant's NBA. The Warriors are going to be every bit as good this year as they were last year. Second part of this, are the Warriors now 14-0 the best team in NBA history 
I think that the answer is probably yes. And I'm going to dive into that and have the guys around the crew here break down this situation as well. But think about how good these Warriors are. I believe they went 67-15 and in the regular season. They are now 14-0 and in the playoffs. They have won more consecutive playoff games than anyone ever has before in the history of the NBA. I ask that question of you guys. If the Warriors finish the playoffs 16-0 and or 16-1, and as it seems likely they will do, are they the best NBA team of all time? You can go vote on this. Go find me on Twitter if you would like, at Clay Travis. Nearly 60% of you last night in the immediate wake of this game said yes. So, I believe there's very, very strong argument. I said before this season, this series started, what was going to happen? I told you. I said the Warriors are going to win the first two. I said the Cavs are going to fight back and win game three. And then the Warriors are going to close out game four and game five. I'm still pretty confident about the Warriors in five, although I think probably, maybe even a little bit more likely, Warriors in four than it is Warriors in five. Don't come at me and say the Cavs are going to win four out of five now. This series is over. We know who the champion is. It's just a question of whether or possibly the Cavs can push it to five or six games. Um, I asked a question during the broadcast last night, if you were watching, Jeff Van Gundy trying his best to fill as much airtime as he can as he deals with yet another awful NBA series this season. He asked the question, are Steph and Kevin Durant the best duo in the history of the NBA? That is a fascinating question. You can even make the argument that last year, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were the best duo in the NBA. Are they the best duo in the NBA right now? I think certainly. Are they the best duo in the NBA ever? Man, maybe. Except maybe last year, Steph and Russell, I mean, uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were the best ever. Additional thoughts. How about the degree to which Steph Curry has come in and made the three-pointer the signature move in all of basketball. When I was a kid and we were growing up, do you remember what the best part of basketball was? It was Michael Jordan going to the rim and finishing there. It was the dunk. The dunk was the transcendent, unreachable, un, uh, un, un, unquenchable aspect of fandom. The dunk was what set the crowd off. The dunk was like this extreme masculinity Very few people can dunk. And so when you saw Michael Jordan dunk, or the dunk contest was happening, you were watching these guys walk across the sky and do things that you and I probably could not do. Of all the people that are listening to this show right now, what percentage of them can dunk? Or could dunk at some point in their life? And I'm not talking about touch the rim or scrape over a volleyball. I mean, you can dunk legitimately every time you run down the court. 1%? Maybe 1 in 100 guys? Probably too low to say 1 in 100 guys. But everybody can shoot a three-pointer. And the three that Steph hit, and several of the threes that Steph hit, I think are consistently emblematic of what has become the favored moment in all of basketball. What drives those crowds crazy in Oracle now isn't a dunk. It isn't Andre Iguodala flying down the lane and flushing the basketball, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, occasionally Steph Curry will dunk. 
it's an insane three-pointer. What drives them insane and rises the decibel levels to a deafening level is Steph Curry crossing somebody over and putting up a crazily contested three that hits nothing but net. Down the stretch there, as Kevin Durant and Steph Curry poured it on and went up, I believe, by 22, the Cavs had no answer. And I just felt sorry for them. I just felt like as I watched that game, I actually felt a little bit sorry for LeBron James. Because he had no hope of winning that game, despite how well he played. And I think we'll play some of the audio for you later in this hour of LeBron James after the game. But when I heard his audio, and he was getting testy with reporters and everything else, I think the subtext of everything that he said was LeBron James's realization that his team had no chance to win this series. I think he recognized, man, I did as much as I possibly could in last night's game, and we still lost. We scored 64 points in the first half. We had a lot of guys who typically don't step up, make some shots. I had a triple-double. Nobody mailed it in. Kyrie and Kevin Love were both very good at times. And I was unable still to win a game on the road in Oracle Arena. I think he recognized, you know what? This is not going to happen this year. And I think, again, I started off the question asking, is Kevin Durant better than LeBron from here going forward? I think there was a moment of realization for LeBron James where he very much may have thought to himself, I'm not sure that we are going to be able to ever win another title. All those people out there arguing LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, I think that LeBron James's full resume is basically in now. Maybe in the last couple of years of his career, he's going to join another team. Hell, the way the NBA works, maybe LeBron's going to end up joining the Warriors too. But I think all the criticism of Kevin Durant needs to disappear right here and now. You may be upset that Durant left OKC and joined Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. But you know who already did that the first time he won his title that everybody has forgotten about? LeBron James. LeBron James left the the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers after losing in the Eastern Conference Finals and joined a brand new team and eventually in his second year and his third year won two out of three titles. Do you know who also did almost the exact same thing? Kevin Durant. His team loses the Western Conference Finals. He's a total free agent. He leaves and joins the Golden State Warriors, signs up with Klay Thompson, with... Steph Curry, and with Draymond Green, and they're going to win the title and potentially claim the mantle as the greatest NBA team of all time. And if you're out there right now saying, oh, Clay Travis, you're full of it, there's no way the Warriors are the greatest NBA team of all time. I'm going to bring this up as we come back in for segment two here, hour one on Monday. Thanks for spending your morning with us. The 95-96 Bulls went 87 and 13 72 and 10 in the regular season 15 and 3 in the playoffs that was the year that Michael Jordan came back from his two-year hiatus they dominated everybody en route to winning the title that year interesting question for you what would happen if the Golden State Warriors were able to play this year against that 95-96 Bulls team? What would the outcome of that series be? 
Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis, weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. To me, LeBron James got to take a back seat. Maybe they can get Carmelo Anthony next year and replace Kevin Love and figure out a way to make the Cavs roster work that way and just try to score a lot more points. But as I watched the Warriors dominate the Cavs, all I could think is the Cavs' window is closed. And with it, unless LeBron James is also going to become a Warrior, so has LeBron James's window to really win titles. Next year, the Warriors are going to be every bit as good as they are this year. As long as they can keep that big four together, I don't see how they're going to lose. I think all four of those guys are going to be Hall of Famers, and we've really never seen a team like this. So I teased as we came back. I said, okay, what's the best team of the Bulls era? It's the very best that Michael Jordan era Bulls ever were. And if you just use results on the court, that would be the 95-96 Bulls, the first of three straight titles that Jordan would win for a second time. They went 72-10 and overall, best record in the NBA until last season when the Warriors stormed back and went 73-9. and And that Bulls team went 15-3 and in the playoffs. So in a combined 100 games, they went 87-13. and The Warriors right now, went 67-15 and 15 in the regular season, and they have since gone 14-0, and 0, which means they are, if my math doesn't fail me, I believe this is correct, 81-15 and 15 overall. If they win their next two on the road in Cleveland and swept the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Warriors would be 83-15. and 15. So they wouldn't quite be able to reach the overall record of those Chicago Bulls, but they would have finished with a better playoff record. And let's be frank, they rested their guys a lot. They had some injuries. To me, the stat that's amazing, that Bulls team, by the way, went on a 44-game win streak. But what's amazing to me is the Golden State Warriors have not lost a game with all four of their guys on the court together, their big four since February 4th on the road at Sacramento in overtime. Think about how wild that is. The Warriors have not lost a basketball game since February 4th when they start Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. That's an amazing statistic. So I said, okay, let's look at the starting fives on the 95-96 Bulls and compare them with the starting five this year with the Warriors in overtime. We're not sure exactly how that would be slanted and how exactly that would be defensively, but let's just look at those. Okay, so let's start with Scottie Pippen. Who would Scottie Pippen defend? I think probably you have to put Scottie Pippen on Kevin Durant. Who would you favor in that matchup? I'm going with the Warriors as the better matchup there. Scottie Pippen, I know, is a great defensive player, good all-around player, but to me, Kevin Durant is bigger, he's longer, He's better at handling the basketball. Maybe certainly he can do at least as much as Scottie Pippen can do, and then more. You might disagree. You might be an old-school Bulls fan. You might say, no, 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 no. I would take Kevin Durant. Clay, you saying you'd take Kevin Durant over Scottie Pippen is insanity. I disagree. All right, what about the guards position? You have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson at guards, basically, for the Warriors. And then the starting guards that would have to in some way match up with those guys. Michael Jordan. All right, let's say that Michael Jordan 
is better than either Steph or Clay Thompson. I think that's fair to say. Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player of all time, in my opinion. He's 1A. LeBron James is 1B. And then Ron Harper. Ron Harper would get murdered by either Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. I don't think there's any doubt right there. So I'm saying the advantage is on Pippen Durant is with Durant. Jordan is better than either one of those guys. I'm not sure which, either Steph or Clay. Rodman is the next guy, and he's going to have to match up, I'm guessing, on Draymond Green. That's a, non, that's a no contest. Can Rodman defend Draymond Green on the perimeter? Can he defend Draymond with everything that he does? Rodman can't score. All he can do is rebound. So that's great. He can rebound, but uh, that's not outstanding. And then at center, you've got Luke Longley, who frankly I don't even think could play, going up against Zaza Pachulia. Is there any doubt? Like when I look at those matchups, those are just the starters. When I look at those matchups, I'm telling you right now, the Warriors would sweep or win in five games against the 95-96 Bulls. Is that an insane analysis, or do most of you listening to me right now agree? Durant's better than Pippen. Jordan is better than, let's say, Steph. Let's say you'd put Jordan on Steph. Not a ton better than Steph. Better, but not like orders of magnitude better. Ron Harper would get dominated by Klay Thompson. Draymond Green would dominate Dennis Rodman. And Longley and Zaza, Luke Longley and Zaza are just kind of a push. And if you went to the bench, are there guys out there that you would be impressed by on the bench that you would think would be really good? Think about how much better of a scoring team this Warriors team is than that Bulls team. And don't tell me that Bulls team would be able to lock up defensively. You say, well, what what type of NBA officiating are you playing with? I'm playing with any NBA officiating. I don't think that there's any way possible that these Bulls even as good as they were, even with the best record combined between the regular season and the playoffs in the history of the NBA, could contend with this year's Golden State Warriors. Open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369, reacting to the outcome in Game 2 with the Warriors winning by double digits, breaking down everything surrounding that game. Let me bring in the crew, Jason Martin. You kind of put into contextualization last week how good this year war, this year's Warriors team was. On Friday after the show, I got on the phone with you and I said, look, I think these Warriors are going to win, even though it would be better for us if this series went six or seven games, more to talk about. Be prepared to come in and talk about how good the Warriors are historically. So do you think this year's Warriors team is the best basketball team in the history of the NBA? <laughs> You made a good case just now when you went down uh, those Was that ludicrous? The only, the only position that you would favor on the starting five is Jordan over either Steph or Clay Thompson, whoever he's guarding. The other four positions, I think that the Warriors would be better. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's a different league now than it was then. I guess you could, you could maybe, if you wanted to make the Bulls argument, you could paint back to if the Warriors were in the 90s, how would it go? I don't know the answer to that question. We don't know the answer to that question. All of this is hypothetical. But if you look at what they're doing right now, and the one thing that you said I thought was really interesting was, you know, they'd beat these Bulls in five. Maybe they would sweep these Bulls even with Michael Jordan. I think that's a good defense for LeBron James because if you believe that Michael Jordan is that good 
and you still believe this Warriors team would win in five. I think that basically is saying, look, nobody could handle this team when they're all together, and that includes LeBron, because LeBron, last night from the very beginning, was going straight to the rack as hard as he could. He played a fantastic basketball game. In fact, LeBron, I think, burned himself out. I think he may if you have. look in the second half, he didn't have the energy. They caught him on the sideline. He didn't go to the rim very much in the second half. I think he put everything he could into that first half to keep the Cavs close. And then you could almost see the resignation on his face where he's like, damn, we played as good of an offensive half as we could have in the first half, right? We scored 64 points, and we were still down three. And I think he burned his legs out in the second half. I don't think he had anything left. And I think that's LeBron acknowledging I don't know what more you can do, and I think you're right. I think that's a good point. I thought that last night. I said, look, that's to me why this isn't a story about LeBron James anymore. I'm turning the page on how good is LeBron James, what's his legacy, to to me the story is how good these Warriors are, and not even how good these Warriors are these this year, but how good this Warriors team is from a historical context, such that we talk a lot about greatest ever. I haven't heard a lot of discussion about whether this Warriors team is the greatest of all time, I think they may well be the greatest of all time NBA team. And so these last couple of games it takes them to close out this series, I think that to me is the most fascinating aspect of this series. It's not LeBron James chasing Michael Jordan. It's not can LeBron James get his fourth title. I think there's almost a 0% chance, barring extreme injury on behalf of the Warriors, that the Cavs have to win four of the next five games, which is what they have to do. Uh, I think that the Warriors are just that much better. Yeah, I don't disagree anymore, especially after watching. You know, I'd said it was going to happen in six. I now think it's going to happen in four. I said that last night. Look, I got my Durant MVP pick. I think I'm right, but I think I'm definitely wrong on the six. And I look at it and I say, how is this going to change over the next two or three years, especially now that the NBA has made it very very much difficult for anybody else to put together a super team? And if it doesn't change, where's the interest level coming from? Like, who who is going to be watching the NBA during the regular season even more so if the Warriors are going to be this dominant. And we expected this the day that Kevin Durant signed, that as long as the chemistry worked, and the one question I had and said on this air before the season started was, how would Clay Thompson fit into this? And, you know, he has struggled to some extent, but all of these guys are so much more unselfish than I expected them to be able to be, and it makes them so daggone dominant. Because Curry can go away for a half, Durant can handle it. Durant and Curry can go away for a half. Draymond can get annoying down low and do what he does, and Klay Thompson can go for 60. Like, there's just so many weapons. And you look at this Cavs defensive team. Kyrie's a terrible defender. J.R. Smith has been absolutely anemic defensively. Like, I think I could be playing better defense out there some of the time than what I've seen from him. And LeBron is just killing himself. And I'm impressed watching LeBron because he has so much pride. And I thought that's why this would go six, because of LeBron's pride. You know what? Sometimes pride's just not enough to beat that kind of talent, and that's what we're seeing in this finals. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are talking about the Warriors' legacy here, potentially as the greatest team of all time. We'll bri- bri- I'll break down for you again if you're just getting in your car, you're just waking up across the country. We have moved, I think, in the story of the NBA Finals from LeBron versus Michael Jordan to is this the greatest NBA team of all time with the Golden State Warriors and their dominant Game 1 and Game 2 performance. I'm also going to play some audio for LeBron for you in Hour 3. But I'm asking an interesting question. If you are advising LeBron James right now, guy's going to turn 33 next season, not going to win the title this year. I think the 
apex of LeBron James's NBA career in, in retrospect, when you go back and look at his entire resume, is going to be bringing the championship back to Cleveland and coming back from a 3-1 series deficit to complete an incredible story in sports. But I don't think he's ever going to add another championship if he stays with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're capped out with their overall cap space. They are not getting better. This year's Cavs team is not as good as last year's Cavs team. They can't defend anybody. J.R. Smith totally lost. All of those things are true. What would you advise LeBron? Let's go to Chris in Tennessee. Chris, what's up? What's up, Clay? Um, I'd agree 100% with uh, Jason on that he needs to stay in Cleveland. Um, but my only advice to him would be just to just to play it out and have fun. Don't worry about your legacy. He's already, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. And, uh, you know, I'm not a LeBron lover, but I'm not a hater either. But uh, everybody recognizes that he is uh, one of the greatest. But I would just tell him to have fun with it, run with it, do what he can, go out on top. What? Thanks for the call. I understand that argument. I think that for LeBron, on some level, what's the point of playing if you're not going to contend for a championship? I mean, just frankly. Why does LeBron James want to go to Cleveland, play as hard as he does, make the playoffs, and know you have no chance of winning a championship? He's going to fall to 3-5 and five in the finals this year. Let's say the next two years, the Cavs are still the best team in the East. Let's say that Bradley Beal and John Wall aren't able to catch him in the East. Let's say that the Celtics don't suddenly make the next, take it to the next level and bump the Cavs out of the NBA Finals. What's the point of that? Go to the finals and lose, so you fall to three and seven and go to ten NBA finals? Get run once you get to the NBA finals? Fight your way as hard as you can to the NBA finals knowing that you don't have the horses to do it? I just don't understand why that makes sense. Where could LeBron go over the next couple of years and be capable of winning a championship? Is San Antonio possible? Again, if he's not after the money... If he's just about the money, your answer can be, look, yeah, LeBron's fine. Like He's got his resume done. He doesn't have to go anywhere else. He's made enough money. Why not just go ahead and finish out his career in Cleveland? Well, he can do that. He can slowly fade into oblivion like Kobe Bryant and ride off into the sunset and never win another title and gradually decline. Or is he going to chase championships? I think he's going to chase championships. Andre in North Carolina. What's up, Andre? Yes, sir. I, I, um... I agree with the last call, man. Just ride, ride Cleveland out. You know, they can still contend. They're still the best team in the East. But they have and, no uh, chance of winning a championship, Andre. If you're LeBron James and you've been burning to try to equal Michael Jordan or win championships, what's the point of playing your heart out for a season if you know that the Warriors are just an infinitely better team than you are? Hey, I don't know what to say about that. But I do want to say something about KD, man. You know, people have people been criticizing him because they say he ran, but – they, what they fail to realize is that Golden State needed him as much as he needed Golden State because, uh, um, say, Steph and, and, and Clay have a collapse like they did last year. You know, you don't have that, that guy to fall back on for scoring or they could dominate the game without KD. You know, so... Uh, I don't I blame... That, that, yeah, yeah, thanks for the call, Andrew. I don't blame KD for going to the Golden State Warriors. I think that's a really lazy criticism. It's a really lazy criticism because LeBron James did it, and look at the way Kevin Durant's playing right now. Does he look like he's having fun? At some point in time, 
hopefully, in your lives, you will be successful enough that you can sit back and say, you know what, I just want to have a good time in my career. I want to work somewhere where I love my coworkers, where I'm really good at what I do, and making the most money is not necessarily my goal. Right? That's an ideal position to find yourself in. And for most of us out there, what criticism do we usually peg on athletes? All they care about is the money. Kevin Durant took less money to contend for a championship and join one of the greatest basketball teams of all time to create what may be the greatest team of all time. Isn't that what we say we want everybody to do? To not be all about the money? To make a choice to be great and achieve something that's never been achieved before as opposed to doing the best that you can where you are right now. Like I always like to talk about this. Like There's some people who are like, if there's a wall in front of me on a road, I'm going to climb over the wall. I'm not a climb over the wall guy. Like, right, you know people who are so bullheaded, who are so dogmatic, who are so just straight line ahead that if they're walking down a road and they see a huge wall, they climb over it. I'm the kind of guy who if I'm walking down the road and I see a huge wall, I think, man, I'd rather walk around this wall and try to spend all day climbing over it. I want to get to what's on the other side of the wall as opposed to dealing with this obstacle in front of me right now. Be smarter, not as dogmatic. That's what Kevin Durant was. His goal is not to climb over that wall. Why didn't he stay in Oklahoma City and win a championship there? Why did you change cities? If you have an opportunity to be better, you move. Go to a different level. Be great. That's what Kevin Durant tried to do. Joe in San Francisco. Joe, what's up? Yeah, uh, how's it going? I'm well. I'm good. Hey, hey, um, you know something, bro? I'm, uh, man, I, I, it's something, I don't know. I've been watching the NBA a long, long time, you know. Travis, there got hats older than you. I've been watching the NBA since um, Bill Russell and those guys, and there's something, I don't know. There, to me, it, it dilutes the competition to have superstars all getting together and playing together as opposed of, of, uh, of just – working with what you got and making the best out of that. Now, the advice I would give LeBron would be just to do what he's doing, play hard, do the best you can. Hey, that's what his damn front office is for. You know, uh, um, they're supposed to find, you know, some of these diamonds in the rough, like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were, and, and create a team organically as opposed to of, of cherry-picking players. You dilute the competition, and to me it weakens the league when you – it causes a, a, a imbalance when you just get a bunch of superstars together. Of course, they're going to win. You yeah, I, mean? I understand. I understand. I understand that argument. And thanks, you've been an NBA guy for a long time. But we've had this discussion. What do you want to do? Do you want to give Adam Silver the ability to tell a free agent that he can't go join a team because the team's going to be too good? Like I, I just, I, I don't. I, I floated for everybody out there. If you missed it couple weeks ago I told you what I thought would be the best way to insist on equality across the NBA better teams more evenly distributed talent it would be to create a salary cap system where 
one player on every team is allowed to be paid as much as the market will bear. In other words, instead of everybody existing under the salary cap now and a guy like LeBron James making $30 million, somebody would pay LeBron James $100 million a year to play basketball, and every other player on the team, the other 14 on the roster, would have to fit under the salary cap, but all 30 NBA teams would have one guy they could pay as much money to as they want. And then you would have had a situation where, where a guy like Kevin Durant would have probably gotten offered 80 or $90 million a year to play basketball, and he wouldn't have chosen to go join Golden State and take $17 million a year. He would have taken the 80 or $90 million to go somewhere else. And then that way you end up, in theory, with all 30 of the best teams, best players in the NBA on 30 different teams. That's, that's the truth. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 